Hello, hello, hello. What up, though? What up, though? How is everyone doing? Blazing Soul Podcast yes. back in effect. Every Wednesday we are here. We're not going anywhere, so you might as well get used to it and tune in um, every Wednesday. Uh, this is Marcella Robertson with my beautiful wife. Nippapon! With the new look. <laughs> Can I tell my story? Okay. So, as you know, us women, you know, we want to switch up a little bit. And as a hairstylist, you know, you're like, oh, I want to try something different. My hair is thinning a little bit because it's the winter time. So, I thought I would go and support a local uh, beauty supply store and get a wig. So, this, yes, this is a wig. I got this from Leslie Beauty Supply in Carpentersville, Illinois. So if you guys are in the area um, and want a nice, beautiful wig, it did look like it was thinner, less hair on the mannequin, but, you know, it's going to get some getting used to, but it's keeping my head warm. It was kind of a cold day today. But go and see Miss um, Nadia at the beauty supply store see and fellas <laughs> for my hair i went to marcello's Ooh. bedroom and bathroom you know they have the man wave got, now yeah, um so you know <laughs> i got mine done at marcello's bathroom so um check you're out right, Marcello's bathroom right. make an appointment he'll hook you up we get you a good style going on yes um, that's just my to um, <laughs> my two cents of the, the beauty aspect of this, mm -hmm. uh, this little thing right here. Yes. But uh, let me take the time out to say congratulations to President Biden and Vice President Yay! Kamala Harris. Um, it does, you know, re regardless of your political views, mm -hmm. um, it has been trying the last year, almost year and a half now. So Definitely. to get a change. Um, you know, regardless of your political affiliation, um, should feel inspiring that, you know, things are going to turn around. Um, we have different thought processes that's kind of in charge of the country. So, you know, whether you like uh, Biden or not, you got to think that we needed a change. Things are not going in the correct direction. Um, but I want to say especially, especially um, big ups to um, mm -hmm. Vice President Harris, because first History woman, has first been made. black woman, um, that to hold that office, yes. um, and it, it does, you know, coming from a, a college background, it does my heart good to see her like rep her sorority, aka the pearls. I mean, that's just that 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 makes you think that this person mm -hmm. knows the struggle mm -hmm. and will uphold. Um, you know, changing that struggle because you kind of know her background when you see things like that. You know, AKAs where when I went when I went to school, affairs were very prominent in the community. They yes. helped out. They did charity events and, and food drives and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. to see that someone that comes from that background made it all the way to uh, VP of the nation that is, is amazing. Uh, yeah, it's heartwarming. Um, celebration no doubt so big ups mm -hmm. to president i mean vice president harris along with all the aks A's out there because i've seen y'all on facebook <laughs> i was making it known that y'all are our champion and 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 uh backing uh kamala to the to the utmost so that did my heart good without a doubt definitely definitely um keeping on that note our guest today um is uh family first of all so let me get that out the way um you know full disclaimer but uh this person has been a teacher a mm -hmm. uh a, a person to um give knowledge for the last I mean, 15 20 years somewhere yes. around here um also coaches uh yes. volleyball um and also Batman? no no and then okay. uh, on top of that, uh, spends her additional time um, basically running an organization yes. about multi multicultural sure. diversity. Yes. Um, so, you know, for a person to give, because we all know teachers don't get paid what they're mm -hmm. supposed to get paid. We know they come out of their own pockets mm -hmm. to kind of make things work, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So for a person in her normal nine to five, to be devoted to our students, 
for her to take her off time and also coach. And then on top of everything else, you run a uh, multicultural diversity organization yes. that is a full nonprofit. Mm -hmm. You got to give props where props is due. Awesome. So uh, go ahead and introduce me. So Lisa. amazing. We are happy to present to you tonight, Miss Lisa Longsome Come. Welcome, welcome. I can do that. <laughs> yes, you can. Try it. Try it. Lisa. Hello, hello. Hi, hello. Thank you for the nice introduction there. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, it's it's much, uh, it, it's well deserved, without a doubt. Um, for you to, you know, in your nine to five, um, you know, educate our youth, and then afterwards, high school students at that. Yes, and then to teach them yes. um, the art of competition yeah. and everything that comes along with sports. And then when you, you finally get home and sit down, you are working you know, feverishly for the multicultural diversity organization that you have. You yes. can do nothing but give props to that. And I'm running not. a household. Oh yeah! Plus you got a Plus full, you got a full house. Yeah, a full house. You you over there like right. us? Right. Full house. <laughs> yes. It's all good. It's all good. Everything that I do, um, I love. I feel like none of it's really work. You know, whether it's um, you know my teaching job, my coaching, my extracurricular, or just you know doing um, MEG Multicultural Education Group. I feel like none of that is really like um, burdensome because obviously I wouldn't. Be involved in any of those things if if I didn't enjoy it. So passion, I think, is like number one, and then just being around, you know, great people helps out a lot. Um, of course, you know, everything I do, if I didn't have an amazing like assistant coach or amazing team or an amazing family or you know my um, multicultural family, I I wouldn't have lasted this long. So I feel like I've just been blessed with great people around me, you know, because I I um, and that's why I think I keep thriving and keep going because it's, there's so many amazing people I'm surrounded with. So I, that's, that's really, it's really easy for me. I'm not joking. Like the things that I do and you guys all know, I live in Joliet. I drive like an hour to an area, like two, three times a week because it's okay. You know, because to me, it's really not work. It's also visiting family like you guys and everybody else. So I really, I really truly do enjoy everything that I do. And I want to keep, I want to say thank you for, you know, allow me to be on the show and then, you know, share the things that I do and hopefully um, that can inspire people too that, you know, nothing is too hard. If you really want to do it, it can happen. Definitely. Your words are never spoken. We, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's always said that the best job is one where you don't, you don't consider mm -hmm. it a job. So You're passionate. Yeah. And in, in that aspect, I do agree with you. So let's educate the people first off. Um, th that was a very condensed version of the things that you currently <laughs> do. So let's start. Let's start with what you're doing now. So what do you teach? Okay. All right. Well, currently I teach uh, seniors at Joliet Central High School right here in Joliet. I live in Joliet. I didn't really stray far from it. This is my hometown. Really love where I live. Um, so I teach economics currently right now and AP U.S. government and politics. Both are required courses for my district. And I just feel blessed to teach those two courses anyways, because number one, I mean, who, I mean, you got to understand government and you have to understand economics. So my goal as a teacher is to make sure that my students are, you know, knowledgeable and productive citizens, you know, because if they don't have that background of how government works or how the economy works or understanding how money works, how are they going to survive? So I feel like my course, my courses are more like life skills too. So right now we're actually working in my economics class and entrepreneur projects. So they're creating a business. So I just introduced that project today and I'm super excited to see what they're going to share. And a lot of it is like just hyping it up, you know, because I think some people feel that high school teaching is hard. It's not, you know, these kids just need some guidance and you as a teacher just need to really sell it to them and let them know how important the courses are. So I, I have to admit, you know, my students are amazing and it's, it's easy for me to sell, you know, government and teaching government because who wouldn't want to know about how our U.S. democracy works, you know, the institutions of government, understanding the legislative <laughs> branch. And with all that's happening, you know, the, with the big election of 2020, they need to understand how the electoral college mm -hmm. works mm -hmm. because 
I mean, it's not, we're, we're in a republic, you know, a lot of people don't understand we're not a direct democracy. You and I do not go to DC to make laws. Um, we elect people to represent us. And our founding fathers, the framers of the constitution did not trust the people. Okay, so we have the electoral college system. I, I'm gonna keep it real, I teach it like that. They did not trust the people. Cause you know, back then, you know, educating um, the public was not that easy. So the common man were mostly farmers, you know, people that were not, you know, highly educated. So really the electoral college is like a check on the people. That's what I tell them. And I don't know if you guys know this either, but the um, election of senators, you know, prior to the 17th amendment, that was a check on the people. State legislatures chose the two senators from each state, but it's, but now we actually directly elect senators. So we live in a representative democracy and people don't understand that. We have people that, you know, really make decisions for us. Okay? Right. So, so people like this, just teaching them that, but yet their vote matters, you know, because like a, the local state election that you know our vote directly counts but when it comes to the presidency that's straight up like indirect you know election pretty much so it's just those little things that teach i, I get excited teaching that to the kids and the kids get excited They're like oh okay you know because also then you want them to be educated because there's no denying you know you follow social media there's so many people that are looking at unreliable resources oh, yeah. and just make facts, you know and it, it is frustrating me as a frustrating for me as a teacher to see those things but you know I never make comments because you know at least they're passionate because ultimately and this is me I'm always optimistic at least they're passionate about what's going on because for a long time in you know the U.S. people did not care about politics people did not care about government so to see like the passion now whether it's sometimes maybe not the right you know direction um I just like, they're interested so that's I'm excited about that you know so yeah government economics that's what I teach right now I love it Badman, I actually um, coach badman, not volleyball. Badman. I, love <laughs> volleyball. Uh, I coach, I've been coaching badman for over, you know, 10 years. I've uh, played when I was in high school. So honestly, I felt like I never graduated high school. So I feel like I have the best kind of like life ever. Like I'm still living the high school schedule and life. You know? <laughs> and, um, it's on hold right now. Um, Will County is region seven um, and we are still in tier three mitigation. So are all of our activities on pause right now. I know like some of my, um, you know, competitors from the other school districts, they're ready to go on Monday practice. So I'm yeah. kind of sad, about it, you know, that I can't practice with my athletes yet, but it's okay, you know, cause safety first, cause we still are at like 12%, I think, or eight, one of those, like it's, it's still high, you know, yeah. but I know you guys are like a tier two already, we're at still tier three. so. I can't do that in so my clubs too, like human relations, actually a diversity club too. And mm -hmm. uh, we've been able to meet virtually doing that one. But like my motto UN my, my and my role Kappa, I haven't been able to roll that out. because Those are the other um, clubs that I um, am involved in, uh, involved in. So I, I walk the talk, you know, because I tell my students to be involved. And then I myself as a teacher, even though I've been teaching 20 years, I'm still involved because you got to love what you do, you know? So you can't just tell the kids like get involved. And then you work a, eight to three job and you just go home. And then the kids are like, okay, you don't even care. So why should I care? So I let them know like, hey, I I, I do what you do too, you know? So um, so that's what's been, keep, that's what used to keep me busy. Now with the virtual learning, you know, environment, um, I do have more free time. So um, what I do now is, um, you know, I meet on Fridays with my human relations, but other than that, you know, I just, I'm really done teaching by noon, have lunch, check emails, respond to students that need help. We do office hours and then I'm free, which is really rare for the first time ever, you know, in my life, um, I have nothing to do. Like in terms of, <laughs> in terms of events, fast, you know, like my kids, my daughter plays basketball, cross country, like I coach, I, I host events or things like that. I, I can't do nothing. So I focus on, I think my health now, you know, so I've never really had a chance to, focus on myself so finally I'm focusing on my health and my fitness you know even though I coach I don't do those things you just coach you know what I mean do this do that but now I'm actively um you know physically active so that's what I've been doing a lot you know from you know from pretty much three to like eight so like prior to being on this um you know I actually ran them five miles already outside so I can mm -hmm. knock it out. normally I run about this time seven o'clock but I had to do it earlier so I could be with you guys so, and then, you know, we meet virtually for MEG. That's uh, like once a month right now before we met a little bit more. So that's how I've been keeping busy, you know, doing those things. Of course, my family's always here. We do our thing too. But 
you ask what I'm doing, that's what I'm doing now, Marcella. <laughs> wow. So we're getting um our if the viewers, can you guys hear us okay? Um it sounds like I see a message that our audio's messing up. Can you guys hear us okay? Is it me? I don't know. Do you have some background noise over there? Or do you have your phone on? Sometimes when you're, the phone is also on, it messes things up too. Like I don't you turn it off. Yeah. Or, or maybe the sound off. I don't know. It's pretty oh. quiet here. Oh. Yeah. I don't, okay. I, don't, I, don't, I don't hear anything. Okay. All right. So you are a teacher. That is your form. That's your nine to five is what I say. Your, your uh -huh. primary responsibility. Yep. Okay. How did you get to this point? First of all, when you were growing up, did you want to be a teacher? Um, what I did, I did not know I wanted to be a teacher because growing up, you know, there was a lot of lack of confidence because, you know, coming to the U.S., you know, five years old, not speaking a word of English, not knowing, not hanging around with, you know, a lot of English speaking people. I didn't know if I had it in me because, um, you know, I was in ESL from kindergarten through fourth grade. Um, and then English was always a challenge because it's such a complicated language. And to be a teacher, you have to, you know, speak correctly. You know, you got to have strong knowledge. And it wasn't natural. Let's just say that way. Everything that we go through is not natural because a lot of us are like first generation. So if I had grandparents or in the U.S., you know, that would have been easier, you know. But it's like I'm like the first generation. So I have to learn everything on my own. So no, I didn't. But all I knew was that I love education. I love school. I love social studies. So that's all I knew. And then when I decided to go into education, which was not until like, like, you know how people kind of like decide their senior year, I was still like up in the air, you know, like what I wanted to do. But, um, but I, I, so I love school, like perfect attendance. This is how hardcore I am. I had perfect attendance from fifth grade to like high school. Like I didn't miss a day because I just love school that much. School was like, wow. my life. you know, cause if you think about it, our parents, always went to work we were latchkey kids um i we couldn't do any activities because they were you know they had that mindset of like kids needed you know girls needed to be home don't even think about doing anything extracurricular you know you right home. they didn't realize that extracurricular actually builds you and um teaches you other things and it connects you to different people it helps go your resume for scholarships yeah. Our parents didn't understand that so we sneaked a lot and do a lot of clubs you know like i did badman high school my parents you know, or like they really didn't want us to do it, but then they had no choice because they were so overwhelmed and busy with working that they couldn't monitor. So I just kept doing it, you know. Um, so so anyways, um, I, I took a, an education class in, at, at a community college, you know, and I was like, man, if this class sucks, I'm done. I'm not teaching. You know what I mean? Um, but I loved it. It was like everything that I dreamt of, like what a teacher, you know, like teaching would be. And my, of course, my teacher, number one, you got to have good teachers, you know, and my college professor was amazing. So she made me fall in love more with teaching. And it wasn't even social studies. Social studies, I could always survive. It does not matter how good or bad the teachers were at the college level. I will survive any of the social studies class because I would just soak it in because, you know, knowledge is power, right? You got to understand the past. So I'm all about, okay, what, what happened in the past? I soaked that in. But just the teaching part really made me fall in love. Like the education classes, the foundations of education, the methods, the teaching strategies. That's what I fell in love with. And still today, I am in love with that more. Like, you know, hopefully someday I can teach at a college level, but I would love to teach how to teach. That's what I love because I've had like three, four student teachers already, you know, teaching, you know, two decades. And I love every student teacher that I, you know, I love helping them be the best that they could be. So that's what I fell in love with. So I've, and ever since I never turned back, you know, and I, I still love what I'm doing, you know, as much as, you know, people, I, people say that teaching don't pay or how do you enjoy I love it. This is something that I'm going to do until I'm ready to retire for sure. You know, so it's, you get how I fell in love with it. It was my, it, it just, it developed, you know, but I knew I loved education, but and then I just love social studies. That's the easiest for me to teach and easiest to sell. Like I, I, I can get, I feel like I can get any of my students to love it, you know, and I love it. And, they, and I think they see it. So I feel like I've never struggled. They, you know, that's just the way I saw it as. So mm -hmm. that's my history there. Now you, um, Let's let's touch on the teaching part for a quick second. You teach seniors. 
which would mm -hmm. seem to me to be one of the harder uh, grades to teach because let's be quite frank, when we're seniors, we think we know everything. We think that we, we have figured out the world. Um, we know everything. <clears throat> Our parents are old and outdated, so they don't understand. Um, so in that same elk, you know, my teacher, though I love her to death, she doesn't understand how it is nowadays, things of that nature. So do you do you see uh, certain problems that maybe other grades don't see? Um, no, actually, I think um, it's a myth. I think teaching seniors like almost like the privilege. Like you, you got to get there to teach seniors. I think the hardest group are freshmen. I've, I've taught freshmen. Mm. I used to teach world affairs, and we usually teach um, American government at the freshman level because of the maturity. Um, they're a little bit immature, still kind of with the junior high, middle school mindset. So they're a little like kind of crazy, you know, like they, they have outbursts and you're just like, what are you doing? You know, um, so it's those little um, classroom behavior that interferes with the learning that I find I have to stop and like, you know, <laughs> like redirect a lot. So um, it's a, so freshmen were actually more of a struggle for me, but I still love teaching them. I love my course world affairs, you know, but, um, and they change. And I see it because then at one point I went from teaching freshmen to seniors and they would, I would literally have students that were like, Miss Al, I'm so sorry. I was a freshman. I was a freshman. I go, it's okay. Please let me graduate, right? Yeah. They're like, I knew you would change. I never hold grudges. That's why I'm a teacher. And <laughs> students know, like, you can't take things like personally. So I knew they would change. And then when they're seniors, they're like so quiet. They hardly say anything. I'm like, oh my gosh, you used to talk so much in class. I would tell you to be quiet, make you way outside the room because you won't stop because you were just, I don't know what's going on with you, you know? You know, that's how it is. I'm like, time out. Like, I think you need to wait outside the room. <laughs> not like sitting still right now while I'm teaching, you know. Um, now they don't even talk, they just take it all in. But I think your your um teaching strategy changes when when you're working with seniors. Now you're more like a mentor. And this is my tip for anybody that struggles with any students. You gotta number one, let them know that you're on their side, that number that you're not out to get them, that you're here to help them, you wow. know, and once you have that under about and the trust is built they will do they will do anything for you because they know you you got their back and you're there to help them and that's one thing that i established right away with my students like look i'm not out there to get you you know i want to help you so if i may come strong on you and like you're not doing your work that's because i care obviously i want you to turn in your work so you can get a better grade how is that yelling at you right. so you just got to explain those things to them and a lot of it's explaining and i tell them turn in your work where's your work I need your work now. Like, it's just the way you say it to the kids, but you, you explain to them like, hey, I'm just communicating with you because I noticed that you miss a lot of work and I really need to turn things in because you know what, report card, progress report's coming up in two weeks and I really don't want your parents to see that you got a D or an F in my class. How are they not gonna like, not turn in their work? Cause they know you're trying to help them. So number one, you let them know you're on their side. So seniors are straight up like my favorite right now cause they, they get it, you know, but they just need some guidance and you're more like a mentor to them after that. Like after that, yeah, I'm always going to teach my content, but I'm more of a mentor. Like I, I want to help you because you're going to be an adult soon and you're never going to have this undivided attention ever again. Everyone knows that, right. like, you know, not right. just college professors, but college professors are like really intelligent PhD. They don't go to school for teaching strategies. If you don't go to class, they don't care. They already got your money. We all know school is expensive. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to be like, Hey, why didn't you come to class? You know, um, Hey, you missed five classes, right? You might be failing, you know, like they, they're, they're, they're going to be like, oh, didn't show up. Okay, done. F, 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 you know, like that's it. And I've been there. That's why I'm speaking that. I hope, I mean, I hope it changed. You know, I haven't been in college in a long time, but I feel like you're, they don't care. They already got your money, you know, but with school, it's a public education. So we got to still help them pass no matter what. <laughs> so, okay. So it seems that you seem like a very caring and lenient teacher to a certain degree, but you're also a coach. Coach, sometimes you gotta you gotta light that fire. Um, do you take yeah. the same approach with coaching or it does it differ with coaching? Um I think it's similar. It's similar because um when it's competition is a, a little bit different because some people need a little bit more of that tough love. Right. So um, my coaching is a little bit more military um in the beginning. <laughs> she said <laughs> a little bit wow. 
started the military. Ultimately, and just like anybody that know me, they they know that my bark is my bite. You know, it's just people. You gotta lay it down. Know that you're not messing around. That you're serious. So when when I have standards for my practices and my drills and all that, you know, um, it's just to make sure that they're they're in line. You know, to be mentally tough. But after that, like I don't like lose sleep if my girls lose a competition or they didn't play well. But I still gotta be tough because you know nobody likes losing and losing's not fun. So everyone knows that when you're in sports, you know, but, um, but yeah, I'm still, I'm still flexible. No one, no one really, um, you know, feel, I think like they're being tortured in my practice or anything. They know it's all for their benefits, but I know at one time I was a little rough, you know, with some athletes and it is only when their character is, um, questionable and they are making excuses. And this is the roughest I've probably been as a coach. I literally, um, forfeited a game because I didn't like the attitude of my athletes. Oh, and I was like, oh, court. I said, then I went to the other player and I said, you know what? I apologize, but my athlete can't compete against you right now because she don't have it. So you just won that game. She forfeited. And I kicked her off the court. Wow. And then wow. We, took an L. we took an L for it. I was like, it's okay. Cause she wasn't mentally prepared, you know? So, mm. um, that's as far as I would go. And my athletes know that because number one is character. If you don't have the character to play, then you're off my court because it's all about your brand and your team and your school and yourself. So if you're ready to blame someone because of your, because you're losing, you're ready to make excuses that doesn't make sense and doesn't take accountability. Um, you're off my court. Like uh, you're done. I will, you, you will take an L I'll take an L, you know? So right. I took right. an L for her, but then, you know, at the end we talked yeah. about it and she knew she was wrong. And she still was on the team later on, but it's a lesson. It's tough love. It's a lesson learned. But yeah, I, I ended the game right there. I was like, no, you're done. <laughs> All right. So, Congratulations. It was at my sister's school too, because I'm at Jola Central. at Jola West. I told a girl, you're done. I just said, my girl's done. So you go ahead and take that W. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and I, I believe coaching is is an extension of teaching to a certain degree. So yeah. um, I can see that. So you're with the kids nine to five, you know, with the kids after school coaching. All right, let's talk about MEOF, um, which is a, I'm sorry, which is another uh, aspect of what you give back to the community. Well, um, well, you know, the evolution of this organization, of course, first we start out with Lao Yu Summer Camp, and then we went to MEOF because we wanted to be more inclusive in the name because a lot of our, you know, um, you know, students were, of all different backgrounds, like your children, you know, multi-race. So we just thought the name would be more fitting. And then with, you know, Multicultural Education Outreach Foundation, you know, the name just became so big. And just like any organization, you got to transform, evolve, you know. So it's almost like, um, you know, like 2.0, you know, like people evolve in technology. Mm -hmm. So we be, we're now this multicultural education, education group. So, um, to me, that was a blessing because um, for a while, our family, you know, we were kind of like stuck in Joliet. Yeah, we had strong family connections up in Elgin, but we knew that our kids needed something cultural because it's very easy to be Americanized, you know, because all around us is the American culture, right? But we also have to embrace our own culture, our own heritage. So when I saw on Facebook that they were hosting a Lao camp, right? I was like, oh, yeah. So my my husband like can you sign them up uh con contact and at that time was a gate you know on facebook we were friends and um and then ever, ever since then you know we just been involved so we're not like i am definitely not like a founder or anything i was just a very supportive you know parent devoted and just impressed with the people that started the organization you know so no. i'll name drop some here you know um alun you know kate gate um, Pitt, you know, all of them, they all started that. And um, I might be missing some, but I mean, I'm so proud that they, they at least came up with it. And I think when I first came yeah. in, they were a little bit like, hey, sorry, this is not this, you know, sorry that I'm like, hey, first of all, don't apologize for anything. I'm just impressed that you guys even started this, you know, camp that was too deep. And I, we just fell in love with it. And since I had the summer off, I'm like, why can't I help? You know what I mean? So ever since then, I've been, I could say addicted, you know? To helping out. Do I get paid? No. Do any of us get paid? No. 
Okay. If not, we put money in and none of us even are rich enough to put money in and the time that we put in. But because once again, we all love it so much. And I know, Laura, you've been involved in it. You never got paid. You know, it's just because you love it. You know what I mean? So that's why I, we still are committed. And of course, we're still evolving. We believe in growth. We believe in learning from mistakes. You know, we had our trials and tribulations, but that's what makes us great because we don't give up. We're not going to give up when there's challenges, you know, because that's not what this organization is. Oh, it didn't work out. Oh, it's not rainbows and sunshines anymore. So let's, you know, stop. No, we're, we're going to keep going. And this is the biggest trial and tribulation of all, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, we were going six, seven years in a row and all suddenly we had to stop. You know, and it was, it was heartbreaking because a lot of our kids were used to this camp every, you know, July, two weeks of the summer, you know, the end of two weeks, you know, the last two weeks of July. A lot of our kids were committed to that. And we were committed. It was like an empty like feeling when we couldn't do it. And it's still empty right now because, you know, we, we didn't have that. And then we had all these plans and that had to stop. So right now it's, you know, we, we still meet like, like in the past, you know, before uh, December, we met like almost like every Thursday, crazily. And then we just actually took a break just this month, the past two months, but we just had our meeting last Thursday. That's how committed this organization is and the people involved. And like I said, without each individual, people involved here that we have right now, mm-hmm. I mean, we would not be where we are today. That's what makes this organization great because it's mm-hmm. it's involving so many different people with different skills and different talents, you know, different hearts. So that's why, you know, I'm still involved in it. So what is the, if you had to give a 60 second elevator picture, you had to tell someone what the gist of the organization or what the mission statement is, what would you say? I would say that we are a multicultural education that focuses on embracing our embracing all culture, preserving all heritage. We're all about educating the youth and we're about uniting community. That's what we are. So if you are a believer of those four mission, then this organization would be for you as well. Yes. Sounds good. Sounds good. Now, you mentioned that your whole family is involved. Um, but you have not mentioned your family. So why don't you give everybody a little uh, <laughs> uh, brief introduction to your immediate family? All right, absolutely. Uh, my pride and joy are definitely, you know, my five kids. As much as, you know, um, I talk about everything else, there's no denying that they're my life, you know, my soul. So um, I have five kids. The oldest is Landon. He uh, will be 23. He's currently at a community college here in Joliet. Uh, majoring in operations engineering. He only has two classes left. He should be graduating this Ooh. June. He's also a reservist in the National Guard. He goes training, you know, every, um, you know, uh, uh, every month. And he, my kids are all TC kids. I believe in the military. I believe in discipline. I believe in being patriotic. So to us, you know, being an RTC at the high school level and then joining the army is like a no-brainer. So we're all about that, you know. So he's in, um, so that's Landon, my oldest. Uh, Lauren's my oldest girl. She's next. Uh, she's currently at Lewis University with a full ride um, tuition with ROTC tuition, um, of course. Um, so we're very, very proud of her. She's also cheering at, at Lewis as well. Um, her major is chiropractic medicine. So that's my Lauren. Um, I have two in high school right now. Um, one of Lillian, she's um, my athlete. Um, all of them are like my athlete, but Lily is like my, you know, volleyball superstar, my golf superstar, my badminton superstar, my basketball superstar. I know I don't really brag about my kids like that, but since you asked me, and I'm gonna go all out. Like, no, you um, supposed to brag. Everybody yeah. brag. Yeah. You supposed to brag. So she, she's definitely you know hardcore athlete in the family. She's only like five one, but you know she she gets. Give it her all, and no matter you know what she tries out for, she makes it. Even though I sometimes have doubt, and she'd be like, "So you didn't think I could make it?" I was like, "Well, you know, you were you're five one. It's yeah, pretty competitive." I'll say things like that, you know. And but she makes it. But yeah, she's she's a junior right now, mm-hmm. um, in, in at Dola Central High School. And then my uh my Layton, um, he's he's a freshman. Uh, he's a lot of people like kind of forget about him, but he's <laughs> kind of like, yeah, my he's my quiet kid, very. Very, um, very quiet, you know, to himself, but um, he's a golfer, you know, so that's what he's doing. And I think he's signing up for bowling right now. Once bowling gets started, he'll be doing that. 
but he's 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 doing good right now virtual learning i was a little concerned at first but um he's doing all right and then my youngest you know everyone knows mr personality lawson all right yeah lawson that's that's my youngest he's the one that always throws a little curveball on everything <laughs> that we do but he has a great heart he's the only one that keeps up with the family um in terms of like someone's missing he's like where's lauren where's Lana? <laughs> I, love, I love his thoughtfulness um but yeah he's he's great you know he's always like in his zoom he's pretty independent uh even though he runs his mouth a lot you know he he's he's a good kid you know he's a good student so really proud of all my kids all very active all very active so um that's the way uh i like it anyways that's their life they should focus on school and they should focus on their activities their full-time job i know some parents like have your kids work and do this i'm like no my kids full-time job is you know going to school you know doing activities i don't want nothing else i want them doing that all day every day and then they just come home to eat and sleep that's just the way i work yeah makes sense, makes sense. now you, you didn't uh, right? yeah, i was going to say you, you can't leave out your your i'll say your <laughs> other i'll say your other half because i say better oh, my half. um all right lawn ak aka trophy husband right is that what everyone knows? Uh -huh. right? oh yeah that's uh, so lawn um he's right now you know mr homemaker and my dietitian pretty much without him i probably would not have lost the weight that i've lost um he keeps you know the house in line the the home the food the kids um when i'm at work because i go to school you know i know people have options of doing virtual learning at home or at school i go to school so he takes care of the kids at home making sure they're doing their homework logging in so he he's he's my um he's my lifesaver in in that way you know being at home so um yeah that's that's my trophy husband all he does is cook <laughs> <laughs> so definitely different than a lot of people yeah that's that's long yep all right okay how long have you guys been together oh gosh you want to go that far back all right so lon uh we've been dating since i was 15. so Whoa. yeah i'm like four, i'm gonna be 43 next month so we've been together for a very long time my only love my one and only love you know my everything sweetheart um so yeah 15 since i was 15 years old been married for about 23 years however old landon is all right that's how long we've been married um yeah so that's how long we've been together he's from elgin from joliet uh, our, our relationship was a secret for a long time until I pretty much, you know, got pregnant. That's pretty much when my parents were like, yeah, <laughs> we have some, you have a significant other? Okay. So that's how it went because, you know, my parents are very strict. Yes. But we always wanted to be together. And I think Landon was definitely was the one that finally made us, you know, finally be together and be in the open. So the best thing that ever happened. But yeah, I've been with for, you know, since I was 15 years old. 15. Yeah. Let me just start out by saying that Number one, this is live and it's taped so people can see it again and again. So you have just um, banked yourself major brownie points, okay? Um, so anytime he's mad or you want him to do something, people are like, do you remember when I was on Laura and Marcelo's podcast and I just, you know, told everybody how much awesome you mean you to me. That is, that is bargaining chips. <laughs> In the future, I just want to throw that of out. Of course, there. of course, yes. Um, okay, so let's um, let's kind of diverge di diverge a little bit. You are like the perfect um, guest because mm -hmm. of everything going on political in the world. We can get someone who is well versed and not getting their information from Facebook memes on <laughs> what they think about uh, our political climate. Um, we try to be bipartisan to, uh, to to the most degree as far as this podcast is concerned because we don't want to alienate anyone as far as um, you know giving their true thoughts, um, being being free and open to discuss things without thinking that right. you are going to be persecuted anyway. Um, so we try to keep things as bipartisan as possible. Um, let me ask you, what do you think about the um, the confusion with the um, the counting of the votes and the presidency and going to Biden and Trump um, not uh, having faith in the electoral process. What are what are your thought process? What are, what are your thoughts on that? 
well, I can say like, wow, you know, that's a lot of stuff there that we could talk about for sure. Yes. And I could say that um, being a government, being a government teacher, you know, I'm, I'm, I just feel very blessed to be able to teach some of the current events. Of course, you don't have to focus on my content, but I, I sometimes, you know, for a whole day, we would off track and focus on current events. For example, the January 6th, whether you call it protest, riot, insurrection, you know, depending who you are, you know, you're going to have a different description of that event. But sure. to me, everything happens for a reason. And I'm an optimist because number one, we are the greatest country in the world. Okay. Still today, you know, no matter the situation, we are the best country in the world economically, politically, socially. We, we're going to have our challenges. We're going to have our struggles. But what country doesn't have that? And people have to also keep in mind that we are also one of the youngest countries in the world. Okay. So, uh, and we rose to power like really fast too. Okay. And we're going to have some or make some mistakes. If you look at our history, there were many, many mistakes and we all learned from them. And with the whole election, you know, fraud or controversy, they're all legitimate. I mean, it's something to look at because number one, elections controlled by the state is not, is not uniform. Okay. So every state has their own election process. Some states allow, you know, same day registration. Some states don't. Some states have polling here. Some states don't have polling there. Some close at seven. Some close at eight. Okay, there's tremendous inconsistency. So how are Americans going to have faith in that system when it's not consistent? I'm just saying I, I can understand why, why some people are debating, you know, the whole election process. Okay, so I think it's just a wake up call. of Maybe we need to clean it up. Okay, and I think you already heard my opinion about the electoral college. I know some people still say, keep it, you know, it's not broken. Why, you know, why change it? But to me, it, you know, what's wrong with direct election as well? What's wrong with having someone, you know, win based, you know, on just a popular vote? Why do we have to be checked? I get it. That's what our founding fathers wanted in the past. But I think we're a little bit different now. I think people are all a little bit educated to make decisions. And then you have the debate about like, oh, then, you know, it undermines the smaller, the smaller populated states. But then let's, but we don't we always operate on majority rule? So it, yeah. we don't operate on land masses. You know, when people look at the electoral map, they're like, oh my gosh, look at this, all this area, shaded red, shaded blue. I go, okay, they just got to shade it. But right over, but over there is just cows and grass. And stuff. You know, yeah. it doesn't mean that they're people, you know? So like even the state of Illinois, we all know like the majority of the population is up north, right? But we also have people down south and people like, well, most of the people down south are red, you know, or conservatives. I'm like, well, there's some, you know, liberals down there, too. It's just they got to shade that whole area red because it's landmass right. and they're just right. going to cover it up, you know. But um, anyway, so I, I get the whole debate and I think that that was just a wake up call. So even though, you know, it turned ugly, you know, what happened in the Capitol building, it was a wake up call that, yeah, maybe we do need to fix it. Maybe it's a legitimate argument that there's some, you know, uh, voter um, fraud. I don't I don't think it's I don't think our system will ever be perfect because we're such a huge country. You know, we have 50 states that believe in 50 different things. So you got to look at um, respecting state rights as well. Um, also to illegitimize, like make it illegitimate, you know, like not count the votes. Is doesn't make sense either because if you think about it, if if Trump said his votes didn't count, then what about the other people on that ballot? Then that means we're going to throw out everybody's ballots that's right. on there. Does that make sense? Because it's not just his name when people voted; they voted for senators, reps, every judges. You know, everybody's on that ballot too. So if his doesn't count, then nobody else counts. So why isn't everybody else speaking up too? So so I, I think that um, you know the states did the best that they could. You know, just like the other past years. So to say that the you know whether Biden steal the election or whatever is like I don't know. That's that's too much. You know, because then you're saying that you're blaming the 50 states for not running the election process uh, properly, and that is an insult to the state workers and the election board commission that work their butts off. Because I know I've been there where they were helping people at eight o'clock at night for early voter registration. They did what they could the best as they could with the tremendous voter turnout that we have, which is a great thing, by the way, you know, having the voter mm -hmm. turnout for this, elect this election, you know, the 2021, that, that was a big deal. So, so 
so that that's my take on the voter fraud. Like, I think it's a wake call. Yeah, we need to fix it. But I don't think the election was not legitimate. I think it was legitimate, just like any other year it was, was legitimate. OK, so that's my take on that one. Um, the inauguration, um, you know, Biden being president, Kamala Harris being VP, the first, you know, African-American, South Asian. I mean, that's definitely um, historical and something that our nation should be proud of, regardless of your political party affiliation. So to me, that's very powerful, you know, and um, and it's OK to have transition or a power and changes. Why aren't people getting over this? So I've been teaching government for like, you could say for like 20 years. Okay, I've been teaching under different administrations from Republicans to Democrats, okay, and I survived all those years, okay? And it's really <laughs> politics, right? Because you can have people come in and say, oh, your views this, your view that, you know? And I've always told my students, you know, number one, okay, country over party, okay? Country over party. If you always think like a Democrat or Republican all the time, you're never gonna survive. You gotta think about what's best for this country. And if you're gonna pick a side, I always tell them, pick the human side. Which side protects human the most? All human beings. Which one makes all human beings feel good? If there's a side that didn't do that, I don't know you want to be on that side. That's all I would say. You know, you I mean, you want to also be on the right side of history. And right now, some people think they might be on the right side of history, but you will, you don't know. Look at the civil rights era. How many people screamed at you know black? kids for trying to go to school. Number one is black kids trying to go to school and you're yelling at her, stopping her. They had to call the National Guard. She thought she was on the right side of history, but now the calendars don't say that. I always bust out my civil rights calendar to my students and go, you want to look like this? So even the people that are like rioting, protesting, I go, you want to be on this calendar? Because they thought what they were doing was right. But look at the side they picked. They were on the wrong side. So you better be careful which side you pick. I said, but no matter what, trust your human feelings. Trust your gut feeling, your compassion for other human beings, and then you would never be on the wrong side. So that's what I tell my students. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, because I teach political parties too. And one thing people need to understand, the political parties that we have currently in the United States, and we're not talking about third parties, but the main ones, Democrats and Republicans, they have the same goals, same, same dream, same vision for America, okay? But it's just the process of how they want to do it is different. That's what people need to understand. It's just social media and some people that are maybe uneducated, just give these political parties bad reputations. But ultimately, mm -hmm. again, Republicans and Democrats, they have the same goals. They want what's best for our country economically, politically, socially. It's just the way they do things might be different. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't matter what political party you belong to, as long as you know they're doing the, the right thing and you know protecting human beings, I'm, I'm good. That's the way I tell my students. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited for the transition of power, the changes, and 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 even when Trump became president, I'm like, hey, let's give a businessman a try. Mm -hmm. Somebody that was not a career politician, let's give it a try. And that's what's great about our country. Presidents only serve, you know, one a four year terms. Mm -hmm. So if you're not yeah. happy with this Biden, okay, wait, vote him out. Right. Just like if you're going right. after Trump, vote him out. Okay, right. they only can be reelected one time, eight years max. What's the problem, America? You act like it's the end all be all. Okay, so that's how I operate. It's, you know, we're like, get over it, move on. Okay, and then to wish this presidency doom? No, then you're not very patriotic. Don't wish anybody doom. We're all in this together. Okay, it doesn't matter if Trump was president. I didn't wish doom on him. I don't want doom on Biden either, for sure. Okay, so. For, for people to say, watch, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, that's wrong. How That's so unpatriotic to me. Mm -hmm. So when I give lectures like that, I think people are like, I don't know, how can you be mad at me? I'm, I'm straight up American, straight up patriotic. You know, I'm just saying I want what's best for this country. You're going to get mad at me for saying that? Sorry, I'm not going to call people names. Sorry, I'm not going to pick sides. All I care about is like, let's just, let's just make sure that we treat all human beings right. That's all that matters. Let's protect everyone and we're all good. Yeah, I am. Um, those are those are very powerful words. I can I can honestly say that um, I'm neither Republican or Democrat. Um, you know, what's best for me and mine, and then to a greater extent, my community is what I what I strive to kind of back and highlight. Now, full disclosure, 
in the past, I believe I have been more um, in line with what Democrats have been saying as opposed to Republicans. But to that end, I don't think Republicans are out to get us and out to control the world or anything like that. I just think it's it's brothers who have two different opinions about the same subject. Um, so I, I agree with you wholeheartedly there. Um, with a new um, administration coming in and being not only an educator, but someone who is um, educated on political aspects, what would you like to see from the new administration coming in? Um, from the new administration, for sure, you know, just the healing of the American people, because I feel some people don't feel represented and don't feel like they're protected, you know, so if we can unify and heal people and make everyone feel welcome and uh, safe, then um, that would be great. And I think he's starting to do that, Biden, okay, because of right as of right now, He's issuing some executive orders. Usually the president will make laws, but, you know, this is the closest that they can make laws is issuing right. executive orders, part of their powers, you know. So um, I think he's going to reinstate DACA. He's um, uniting families, you know, immigrant families, um, uh, uh, granting citizenship to the 11 million illegal immigrants that have been here, paying taxes, living, you know, like just a lot of those things, you know. I think he's going to lift the ban on Muslims, you know, coming to the U.S. So those are just some of the, the groups that did feel a little not protected, that are now going to feel like, okay, protected. But um, there's also the other side, you know, the ones that maybe um, think that they're going to be left behind, maybe the, the you know, the Trump loyalists, you know, we got to bring them back too. You know, we got to protect them and make them feel like their opinions and you know, voices, uh, whatever matter as well. So there's, and to them, it could be religious protection. It could be gun protection. It could, you know, gun rights. It could be, um, you know, businesses, whatever it is, you know. So it's a lot of work for the Biden administration, um, but you got to give them a chance, you know, like any any president that comes into office, you got to give them a chance to, to um, you know, fix the problem, look at the problem. We're not going to fix our country overnight. For sure, it took us a while to get here. It's probably going to take us a while to fix it. If you look back at the Obama administration, you know he promised a universal health care plan. It took him eight years. You know, you can't get this stuff done even sometime in one term. So, right. uh, but at least the healing can start. The unifying can start. Let's just all like find a way to work with each other and not, you know, um, you know like accuse, name call, do all that ugly stuff. It's not going to get anywhere. Let's just, just right. you know, try to find solutions. So um, I hope, yeah, I hope he just starts working on those things. And I think um, he will because, you know, looking at his team, they look like they're a good team. Um, nothing's been confirmed yet with his 15 cabinets. I only saw one name that I recognize, and that was uh, Pete, uh, is it Buttigieg or, uh, from Indiana that also ran for the presidency, you know, um, but he, he got a he got appointed, but still got to be confirmed, you know, by the Senate. So we'll see how how it goes. And that's why the president has advisors. Hopefully they can, you know, move him in the right direction, even though he he has a wealth of knowledge along with, you know, Miss Harris and, and all that. So they, they, they have a great team. So I'm, I'm optimistic, you know, uh, about the whole process. But, but it's also in the hands of Congress, too. A lot of the laws are made yeah. by Congress so it's in their hands as well. And of course, you know, a lot of people are worried if you're like, you know, not, you know, a Democrat, like they don't think that they can get things done. But currently, um, you know, the Democrats, Democrats control the House and we have a 50-50 yeah. of the, um, at the Senate. But, you know, um, our vice president is a Democrat, so she will break that tie and will side with the Democrats. So the Democrats can prevail in, in that area. So whatever laws they want to make, it is kind of like in the, in the, in, in the hands of the Democrats. Those are very popular. Um, we've had a few guests on, but I must say that your timing is perfect, uh, especially with the wealth of knowledge that you have. So uh, we would like to thank you for coming on and uh, being with us. Um, we'll definitely have you back and your better half. Uh, what we're going to do, we're, we're trying to get some things together where we're doing some. Uh, couple games and, and oh, okay. an answer and things of that nature. So we, we have a few things in, in the works for this new year, but 
Um, Maybe around Valentine's. That's possible. Um, But what I did want to say is that if someone wanted to contribute or help out or do anything to um, help with your nonprofit organization, how would they go about doing that and contact you guys? All right. Well, good question there. Well, first of all, we do have a website is MEOF, still our original name, MEOF.org. Um, you could donate through there, or you could just contact one of us. You know, there's a lot of us, so I'll name drop some of the people in our organization. You know, we have Alun, we have Kate, we have Bird, we have Lily, Nina, Amy, Lo, so Lon. So you could contact any of us. And sometimes we're not about money. We're just about time. You know, the time is as valuable. So if you can give time to, you know, be a presenter, time to lead um, a class at our summer camp, time to help, you know, cook food for the kids. Anything is, any of that is valuable to us. So it's not always about money, it's about your time too. So if you are interested in doing any of those things, you know, contact one of us. We also have a Facebook page, um, you know, look look for us, you know, and you could follow us in all the activities that we do. Um, Cause we, you know, we're very, very open and we're always, looking for fresh ideas, fresh people. So um, yeah, join us, come, come bring your kids. We, we, we look forward to, you know, this summer, hopefully it can come, it can happen, but we'll see, you know, cause healthy health first, you know, safety first. Yes. And what is the um, Facebook page that they can go to? Um, they could just search it. Uh, it's Multicultural Education Outreach Foundation. So MEOF and it should show up as well. Yep. It still says MEOF. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, once again, thank you very much. Uh, very, very informative session that we had today. Um, we got taught about politics without even paying. So we just got a free education <laughs> there. That's that's uh, that's definitely something that we want to thank you for. And like I said, we want to have you back on. Um, thank you for everything that you do in the community. Um, as we've we've said many times over. This podcast is to dispel some of the myths about minorities in America, to highlight community leaders, role models, entrepreneurs in our own community, um, as opposed to just looking at the athletes and the the celebrities that we see. But we have um, people that should be honored right here in our own community. So for that, we thank you very much. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. So thank you. Thank you for having me on. Good, good. Thank you very much, Lisa. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Awesome, awesome. All right, everybody. That was a very, very good, I mean, it was perfect timing um, for us to have her on because she had a wealth of knowledge as far as politics, as far as, um, you know, the education of our youth. And it it, sometimes is just good to have a, a perspective that's, not on, you know, necessarily one side or the other, but just wants what's best for everybody and kind of gives their thought process on that. Um, as I just said to uh, Lisa, um, once again, the reason why we're here is just to shed some light on things, talk about current events, make sure that uh, everybody's voice is heard, number one, but number two also to shed light that um, if you're looking for people to look up to and, and people to admire, um, it's fine for celebrities and athletes and things of that nature that, that you can do that, but also understand that there are people right here in your own community who are role models, community leaders, entrepreneurs, people who are out there and bettering our community as a whole, uh, small community, which is in your state, large community, which is the United States. I mean, we're all citizens of the United States. So let's give some props to people who, you know, aren't making millions of dollars, but, you know, are doing this with their own time, with their own money to better our way of life. Um, So in that regard, thank you guys for joining us. Um, We love, we love to have you guys every, uh, every Wednesday. We've gotten a tremendous response. Um, So we're going to keep going until you guys kind of give us the nudge (laughs) that we should be doing this anymore. Uh, But um, thank you guys very much. Thank you. No, you pretty much summed it up. We'll see you next Wednesday, same time, same place, 7 p.m. live right here. Peace.